most of us here this morning have had some kind of experience with death, either directly or indirectly, perhaps with a close loved one, or maybe among our acquaintance. And I remember when I was 15, when a classmate of mine first lost his mother, and then a few years later lost his father. As I went to the funeral and I looked at his father in that casket, and I looked over at him sitting alone on a front pew in the church, I knew at this moment that death was a terrible thing. And it's important for us to allow the Word of God to shine its light into this human experience that is so tragic and so painful. One of the first questions that arises in our hearts when we are confronted with the death of a loved one is why? Why is there death? And here's where we need the Word of God to enlighten us. Our first reading was from the Book of Wisdom. And in the first few chapters before the text we just heard, Let us listen to what the Word of God says. God did not make death, and He does not delight in the death of the living. For God created man for incorruption and made him in the image of His own eternity. You and I, were never meant to experience death, this violent separation from those that we love and are close to us. This was never part of God's dream. God did not want this. And children, I think, are perhaps the best revelation of the goodness of life in all of its beauty and what a gift it is. This is why they never want to go to bed. Why it is a major crisis every night when you even mention the word, okay, time to go to bed. Why would you want to go to bed? Life is so good. There's so much to see to hear, to smell, to touch, to explore, to play, to imagine, to pretend. And this is why you and I rightly and naturally shrink from the thought of dying. This is why we rebel against death, why we fight it, why we try to put it off, why sometimes we dread and even fear death. As one comedian put it, he said, I'm not really afraid of dying, I just don't want to be there when it happens. 
But let's continue on with what the Word of God teaches us. So we know that God is not the author of death. But it says here, But through the devil's envy, death entered the world. And if we look further into Scripture, we see that not only is it through the envy of the devil, but it's also through the misuse of human freedom. When Adam and Eve, our first parents, misused that beautiful gift of freedom, and they chose against God, which is the same thing as choosing against life, there was a spiritual death in their hearts, in that separation from God. And that spiritual death extended itself in the body by the loss of the gift of immortality. They lost it and all of their progeny as well. Now, Is this the end of the story? Because the next question is, if God gave us human freedom such that we could misuse it and choose against Him and therefore experience all the consequences of that choice, is death the end of the story? Is death the one thing that God cannot do anything about? We are here because we know that's not the end. And the way that God chose to remedy this tragedy of human life has surprised and amazed us for centuries. It was in a way that we would have not ever imagined. God overcame and conquered death by entering into death itself. And for that, he needed to take on a human nature. God, who is immortal, took on what was ours, our humanity, in order to give us what was his, immortality. And like the new David, Jesus Christ, clothed in our humanity, He entered right into the jaws of death to face that giant that we have been afraid of for so long. He entered right into death and rose from the dead to proclaim His victory over it. And by His death on the cross, by the shedding of that blood, that forgives and redeems sin, he took away a further reason to be afraid of death. Because not only are we afraid of our physical death, we are afraid of what Scripture calls that spiritual eternal death of separation from God forever. Jesus took away that sting of death by forgiving and redeeming sin. Because Scripture says, sin is the sting of death. He also removed that. So death now is something that even though it might hurt, is something we do not have to be afraid of. 
This is why this celebration this morning is a celebration of hope. By Jesus Christ risen from the dead, He has planted this hope in our hearts. By taking on our humanity, He entered into your death and mine. He died every one of our deaths. And then through our baptism, we have entered into His which carries the promise of resurrection from the dead. And now we are going to fill this chapel with love. With one great act of love for those faithful departed that have passed before us. Because of Jesus Christ, we are still in communion with them who have died in Christ And love can still flow between us and between them. And we are going to offer this Mass for them, even though they were signs of God's goodness to us. We experience God's love in and through them and other kinds of goodness from the Lord. Like us, we also know that they were not perfect. That maybe they, after death, had to pass through a further purification which God gladly provides in order to obtain the fullness of what their baptism promised. I know when I die, I will never have to worry about my family canonizing me at the funeral. They know all my faults and imperfections. I just hope my brother dies before me. Otherwise, my funeral is going to be a roast And my brother will not stop until I'm extra crispy. (laughs) So we're going to fill this church now with love. And there's no greater love that we could offer for our deceased brothers and sisters than to offer this great prayer of the Mass, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which has infinite eternal value. So now filled with that hope in Jesus... Let us now offer this sacrifice for our brothers and sisters.